Welcome to the Qalam Institute podcast. You're listening to Lives of the Prophets by Mufti Hussein Kamani. Imagine spending two weeks every day, morning and evening, with the Prophets of Allah. That's the vision behind Sirah Intensive. Every year, over a hundred people from all over the world come together to spend two weeks immersed in learning about the life and character of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad Wasallam. Sign up and get more information at sirahintensive.com. That's S-E-E-R-A-H intensive.com. Now when they ate from this tree, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا ذَاقَ الشَّجَرَةِ بَدَتْ لَهُمَا سُؤَاتُهُمَا that when they ate from the tree, their private parts were exposed. Ibn Kathir says, prior to eating from the tree, there was a nur, there was a light that was covering their private area. They weren't roaming around in Jannah uncovered. They were actually covered. And it was a divine covering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of, out of His power, His will, provided a nur which covered their private area. But when they ate from that tree, that nur was lifted away and now their private area was exposed. And this was, a, um, this was a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection was lifted from them. Prior to that, they had the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was taken away. And now they were responsible for themselves. And every human being is in dire need of that protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when we disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that protection is lifted. That's why we need to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ask Allah again and again to protect us. Protect us from everything. Protect us from our enemies. Protect us from financial decline. Protect us from losing our families. Protect us from health that will deteriorate our ibadah. And will take us away from um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, protect us from... There are so many things that we need protection from. Protect us from... Protect our sins being exposed. Imagine a world in which our sins were exposed. If someone took our phone and leaked um, the browser history or the messaging history online so that the world can see it and our friends and family can see it, we would be the most disgraced human beings. No one would want to even look at our face. If, our, if the thoughts of our brain were leaked out in front of people, we would be disgraced. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala satar, you know, He is a sattar, the one who covers. This is a beautiful thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored us with. And that's why there is a hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to teach the companions a dua to read. Allahumma stur awrati. Oh Allah, cover my faults. Oh Allah, cover that which needs to be covered of me. Don't let anyone ever see it. You know, um, in one narration, the, 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 the dua that we're taught is, Allahumma ja'alni fi aini saghira wa fi a'yunin nasi kabira. Oh Allah, allow me to remain small in my eyes. I always think of myself as nothing. But in the eyes of other people, they think me of being great. Oh Allah, let them honor me, but let not, let not me be proud of myself. So we should always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cover us. Cover our sins, cover our faults, cover us from every aspect that we need to be covered as we learn from the story of Adam salam, how they were covered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, how long were they in paradise prior to being uh, exited from paradise? So the scholars differ in opinion. One opinion is that they were in paradise for 40 years before they actually ate from the tree. Abdurrahman ibn Amru al-Awza'i, he says that they were in paradise for 100 years actually, before they ate from the tree and then were made to leave. Some scholars say it was 60 years. Ibn Asakir says that Adam alayhi salam, after eating from the tree, he 
wept for 60 years because he lost the most valuable possession, Jannah. He cried and cried and cried for 60 years. And then after that, for another 70 years he cried because he realized how grave a mistake he made by eating from that tree and disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he cried for another 70 years when his son Qabil killed his son Habil. And we'll talk about this more inshallah in our next, in our next class. Now when they were sent down to the earth, what part of the earth were they sent to? The scholars also differ in opinion on this issue. Hassan al-Basri says that Adam salam was sent to Hind. Hind which is today known as India. And Hawa was sent to Jeddah, which is not too far away from um, Makkah Mukarramah. Ibn Abi Hatim says that, um, he who narrates from Ibn Abbas عن, that Adam salam was sent somewhere between Makkah and Taif. So not all the way in India, but somewhere actually closer. And there's a narration from Abdullah bin Umar عن, where he says that um, Adam and Hawa were sent to Safa and Marwa. One of them was on Mount Safa, the other was on Mount Marwa. Now, um, we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent them to the earth. We don't know where they were sent to the earth. There's nothing very authentic, clear on this issue. However, what we do know is that they continued to search for each other and search for each other and search for each other until they met in Arafah. They went there and they met each other. And that's where they built their acquaintance again. Hence reminding us of Arafah. When we go to Arafah, it reminds us of how these two, they search for each other and search for each other until they met in Arafah. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions all of this in the Quran. And I want to share the passage with you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَا آدَمُ اسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ O Adam, you and your wife shall live in paradise. فَكُلَا مِنْ حَيْثُ شِئْتُمَا Eat from wherever you want. وَلَا تَقْرَبَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ And do not eat from this tree. فَتَكُونَا مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ For you will be from the oppressors. Now, then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, after the clear command was given to them, فَوَسْوَسَ لَهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ Shaytan then whispered to them. You know, you know you're not supposed to do something. It's very clear. But then shaitan begins to whisper to you. And how many times has that happened in our lives? That shaitan has come and whispered to us. But again, this all happened before Adam a.s. is granted prophethood. So even in this, there's a lesson. That non-prophets, as human beings, shaitan can grow on us. You know, for the average person, when shaitan comes, he can whisper to you and whisper to you. And he may make you falter. He may make you make a mistake. But as we're going to learn from Adam a.s., when he made the mistake, did he just walk away? Shaitan made a mistake and he walked away. Is that what Adam a.s. did? And again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing shaitan that this is why Adam is better than you. You made a mistake, you walked away. Adam a.s. made a mistake, but after he made a mistake, what did he do? He repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fataba alayhi, he repented to Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted his repentance. And this was again another slap in the face of shaitan. Because he thought he was winning it, but at the end of it, he didn't win anything. This was actually against him. Now shaitan, he came to them, فَوَسْوَسَ لَهُمَ الشَّيْطَانِ لِيُبْدِيَ لَهُمَا مَا وُرِيَ عَنْهُمَا مِنْ سَوْآتِهِمَا Shaitan came to them and he started whispering. And shaitan knew what he was doing. He knew that as long as they did not disobey Allah with Allah's command, they would be covered. But he wanted them to see how degraded they were. Because a human being's private area, it's a shameful thing. right? It's not something you want to expose and have open in front of people. And he wanted them to experience that, that bitter feeling. So then he came to them and said to them, 
ما نهاكما ربكما عن عن هذه الشجرة إلا أن تكونا ملكين أو تكونا من الخالدين. He said to them that your Lord has not stopped you, prohibited you from this tree, but that you will become angels or that you will live for eternity. وقاسمهما and he took an oath for them. إني لكما لمن الناصحين that indeed I am very sincere to you. فدلهما بغرور so he misguided them with his deception. فلما ذاق الشجرة and when they tasted the tree. بدت لهما سوآتهما their private areas were exposed وتفقا يخصفان عليهما من ورق الجنة they began to take the um, the leaves and cover their body and from here we learn فطرة we learn sound human nature that when their private area was exposed they could have stood there and that's it they were married right were the two of them married was it permitted for them to be exposed in front of one another yes or no yes it is right they're a couple they could be exposed. But they're teaching us fitrah. And what is that? That a human being doesn't like being exposed. A human being doesn't like that. We're supposed to cover our bodies. And you wonder to yourself, what has happened to the human nature that we live at a time where people want to uncover themselves. The more you cover yourself, people say bad things about that person. Now look, this person, he's covering himself so much, maybe he's hiding something. You know, you're not proud of your body. The person isn't confident. We use words like confidence, self-confidence to promote uriyaniyah, to for people to expose their body. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us in the Quran that no one had to come and tell Adam salam that it's time for you to now to cover your body. No one had to come and tell Hawa it's time for you to cover your body. As soon as their bodies were exposed publicly, they were in an open area, they started covering up immediately. Now another thing that we learned is that eating haram and eating what Allah has told us not to eat will have an impact on our carnal passion as well. Eating haram and eating what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us not to eat. Eating and carnal passion are actually connected with one another. That's why the Prophet wasallam told us, and for a young person that's sitting here, or even an older person, if you're struggling with c- controlling your carnal passion, your human desires, learn to control your appetite. The Prophet ﷺ told the youth who did not have the ability to get married, alaykum bisawm, fast. Because by fasting, it'll help you carve your sexual appetite. It'll help you control your passion. And we learn, the Prophet ﷺ teaches us that if you want to gain taqwa, kutiba alaykum usiyam kama kutiba ala ladina min qablikum na'allakum tattaqun. Fasting will give you taqwa. And fasting, what is it? Controlling your appetite and controlling your carnal passion. That's what these two things are. These two things are actually connected. That's what Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi alayhi in his Ihya al-Muddin, he actually has a whole chapter dedicated in his muhlikat, in his rub'ul muhlikat. He has a chapter dedicated to babu kasr al-shahwatayn. The chapter in destroying the two main Passions of the human being, the two things that really stop you from gaining spirituality. And what are those two things? Shahwatul Batan wa Shahwatul Farj. That the desire of the, the stomach. It's the one thing that, 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 uh, that takes people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they're so worried about food and eating and how am I going to provide. It's a distraction. And Imam Ghazali talks about that. How gluttony is a spiritual crusher. And then the second thing, Shahwatul Farj, the carnal passion. How many times in history have people made mistakes because they couldn't keep their mind straight in the presence of the opposite gender? How many times has this happened? And if you don't believe it, go read some Islamic history. There was a time where the crusaders, they controlled the rulers in the Muslim lands by sending women to them and sending wine to them. That's how literally they controlled them. 
They've created dirty secrets in their lives and begin to blackmail them that if they did not listen, they did not confine to what they were being told to do, then they would expose them to the people, expose them to their family, but blackmail them. How many times has this happened? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is teaching us that they ate something and it had an impact on them. So be very careful. Another thing that we learned is that when a person eats something haram, then it also has an impact on their spirituality. When they ate that haram thing that was prohibited by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they could not continue to benefit spiritually from what paradise was. They were no longer able to be there because they, ha- they were now, they, because of the, the mistake they made, they had lowered themselves. And we learned this from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَا يَدْخُرُ الْجَنَّةَ جَسَدٌ غُذِيَ بِالْحَرَامِ That a body cannot enter into paradise that was nourished with haram. If you want your body to enter into paradise, you have to eat halal and ask Allah to forgive you if you've eaten any haram in your life. The companion comes to the Prophet and said, A Messenger of Allah, I want my du'as accepted. And how did the Prophet respond to him? Atib, mata'amak. That go and purify what you eat. Eat halal, eat tayyib, eat that which is wholesome. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept your du'a. Moving forward, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, when they ate from the tree and their bodies were exposed and they begin to put leaves over themselves, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed them both and said to them, that did I not stop you from eating from that tree? And did I not tell you that shaitan was a clear enemy? And this is something that we're going to hear from Allah on the day of judgment regarding our sins too. Did I not tell you to do this? Did I not tell you to do that? Did I not tell you to do this? Inna shaitan lakuma adum. Shaitan was always your enemy. Why did you not trust Allah? Why did you trust shaitan? And then they said, Qala rabbana anfusana. They said, Oh our Lord, we've oppressed ourselves. Right? The human being in Adam alayhi salam's story, we learn, he didn't oppress others. What was the mistake he made? He oppressed himself. Rabbana varamna anfusana. And this is the very dangerous form of oppression. Oppressing, oppressing someone else is easier in detecting. But oppressing oneself by sinning is a really bad thing and it's harder to detect. And Adam salam isn't viewing sin as liberating himself, as people assume that I'm going to smoke something to make me high to enjoy my life. He's not viewing sin as something that liberates him. Rather, he's viewing sin as something that shackles him. It's locking him down. It's taking him down. رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا Oh our Lord, we've wronged ourselves. وَإِن لَمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا And if you do not forgive, and if you do not have mercy upon us, لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ We will be from the losers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another ayah of the Qur'an says, فَتَلَقَّى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَلِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ That Adam alayhi salam invoked on Allah with some words. And it was those words that that called for the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now what were those words that he invoked on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with? The scholars differ in opinion. There's a, there's a narration by Imam Hakim rahmatullahi alayhi in his mustadrak that Adam alayhi salam repented to Allah, he repented to Allah, he repented to Allah. And finally he said, Ya Allah, I ask you to forgive me for the sake, through the sake of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, how did you know about the Prophet Muhammad when he hasn't been created yet? And Adam salam said that when the soul was entered into my body, I looked up upon the throne and it said there, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. And if his name was written on the throne, he had to be someone special. 
right? <laughs> now the scholars who are who uh, who hold the opinion of the permission of wasila when making dua, they quote this particular narration as one of their supports. Other scholars argue back by saying that the authenticity of this narration is weak, and there's a debate that goes back and forth on the narration itself. But that is an opinion. Another opinion, which is a more clear opinion and the more obvious one, is that the dua that Adam made to seek that forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually the Qur'anic dua that's mentioned here. And what is that? رَبَّنَا ظَرَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِلَّا تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Oh Allah, if you don't forgive us, then where are we going to go? Oh Allah, if you don't shower your mercy upon us, we will always be sinners. And if as a person, you're looking for repentance, if you're looking for forgiveness for a sin that you've done, this is the go-to dua. Because this is the dua that our father Adam salam used. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted the forgiveness, however there was a consequence for his action. And what was the consequence for his action? He had to leave paradise. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that you must now exit paradise. By the way, you know the narration, or you know the opinion that I said earlier on? that they were in paradise and um, shaitan was allowed to roam around in paradise as well. You guys know that, that opinion that I shared with you guys? Yes? That shaitan was actually allowed to roam in paradise. They use this as their proof too. Because they say in the Quran, it says, اِهْبِطُوا مِنْهَا جَمِيعًا That when Allah told him to leave paradise, He, wasn't, he didn't say two people leave paradise. It wasn't اِهْبِطَا What was it? اِهْبِطُوا is plural. And if it's a plural, that means there were more than two people leaving paradise. And they use that as their support. They say, That all of you must leave. Therefore that command was also to shaitan, which means shaitan was inside paradise and was commanded to leave with them. That's their argument as well. It's an important point just to keep in your mind when you're, when you're balancing the arguments. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That you will live in the earth for a while and benefit from it for a period. Not forever. Allah is telling them, you will not be in the earth forever. It's a small period that you're going to be there for. That in this earth you will live, in this earth you will die, and from this earth you will be resurrected. Now, the last thing I want to quote as a um, close off today's discussion is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted Adam alayhi salam's tawbah. What did I say? This is very important. As a Muslim, you have to hold this aqidah. Listen carefully. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted Adam alayhi salam's tawbah. Why is this important? The reason why this is important is because what's the Christian belief? Every child is born in sin. Every child is born in sin because we, can, we carry the sin of Adam Supposedly that's the belief. So our response to that is no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave Adam And the principle is that once Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives someone, then that sin no longer remains. The one who repents from a sin is as if they had that sin no longer. If someone committed a sin, and you are, you are aware that person committed a sin, and they've openly and privately, they've repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can you remind them of their previous sinning days? That you used to sin like this, you used to sin like that? You can't do that anymore. Because they've repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And otherwise, Omar radiallahu anhu would have had a problem, you know? Or Abu Dhar al-Ghifari would have had a problem. Because these people in their backs, before accepting Islam, they had you know, some things that they carried on in their lives. But Allah forgave them. Because they repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Islamu yahdimu ma kana qabla. As the hadith tells us that once you accept Islam, everything before it is forgiven. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave Adam alayhi salam. And it seems as those people who claim 
Because the Christians commonly make this claim that, you know, we love God. God is merciful. God is merciful. We love God. It seems as if people who claim that God is merciful really haven't understood the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if you really understood the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you and I would both agree that if Allah forgave Adam alayhi salam, what does that mean? That means it's gone. Now it's gone. It's over. No one else is going to be punished for that. It's over. That's what it means to be merciful. And that's what we believe. And the other thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran very clearly, in other previous re- revelations as well, وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وَزِرَ أُخْرَى No human being cares about the person's sins. If your father was a murderer, does that reflect on you? No, your father's sins are not your sins. If, you, if your father dies, do you inherit his debts or loans? You don't. In Islam, you don't. If a person dies, his children are not responsible of his debt. Unless he says to them, I would like for you to take care of my debts, that's another issue. Even that's not binding on them. It's a request. If they do it, great. If they don't, they say we don't want to. They're not accountable for that legally. But no person carries another person's load. So this is also something important to remember, that we do not believe human beings are born into sin. We believe, that every child, every human being is born pure and clean of sin. And that counting of sin starts when? When that person reaches the age of maturity. Until you reach the age of maturity, you know those first 10 years of your life, 12 years of your life, you're actually free of sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not hold that person accountable. Now, is the person punished? Is there any sin or good that comes out of a child's ibadah or their disobedience, the scholars say that the good that a child does before reaching the age of maturity goes to the parents. And the sin that the child does goes to the parents as well. Because the parents are responsible for that child. So they, they bring this argument forward, right? Um, anyway, we, we'll, we'll stop here inshallah and we'll continue on with Adam alayhi story next week. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts from us all. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahabi jma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.